Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Guardian. Making war, and I was very, very efficient in making war is much easier than trying to make peace. Colombian President Juan Manuel Santos knows as well as anyone the true cost of the decades-old conflict in his country. It's gone on so long that most people living there don't know what peace is, what it looks and feels like to live in safety. But in 2017, an acclaimed yet controversial peace agreement was finally reached between the Santos government and the revolutionary armed forces of Colombia, known as FARC. The country will now, in theory, be free to divert more funds away from the war into education, infrastructure and health. Other groups are seeking their own agreements with the government, including right-wing paramilitary groups and the ELN or National Liberation Army, a Marxist guerrilla group that's been active for over 50 years. Building peace isn't easy, and the election coming up in May 2018 means some of the old tensions are getting an airing again. Many here opposed the terms of this deal, and a changing government could put peace in peril. I'm Lucy Lamble, and in this episode of the Global Development Podcast, I sit down with President Santos in Bogota as he enters the final six months of his presidency. He's won the Nobel Peace Prize and has even had the nod from the Pope. But now he's down to the nitty-gritty, the day-to-day implementation of the agreement. I asked what the biggest obstacles are that could knock peace off track. Well, I've said many times that uh, the first phase, silencing the guns, is difficult, but it's uh, relatively easier than the second step, which is constructing peace. By that I mean that to construct peace, you need first to make a tremendous effort of reconciliation. And that takes time. And that uh, is not easy when you find victims that have suffered so much to ask them to forgive. And so we have to make an enduring effort of healing the wounds. And that is something that we have to do on a daily basis. On the other hand, there are many interests around a war that had been fought for more than 50 years and which have ingredients like drug trafficking and illegal mining that are not interested in peace. They have lived out of the war, and they would like to continue living out of war. And so they are doing everything possible to boycott uh, the construction of peace. And uh, another difficulty is the institutional coordination of the state to bring real development to areas that have not seen the presence of the state for many, many years. And this needs a very effective and efficient uh, coordination which in any state is many times difficult. But I think we are advancing in the, in the right directions with problems, of course, as it's natural. But again, we have to persevere. 
Where are we now with the agreements that are being discussed with the ELN? With the ELN, we, we signed for the first time ever a temporary ceasefire. We need to make this ceasefire work and uh, we need to advance in the other items of the agenda which we have agreed in order to renew the ceasefire at the beginning of next year. If we do that, I think we will get closer to an irreversible point. But of course, uh, it takes two to tango. <laughs> so if they're willing and if they have the political will to advance, they will find a government who is also more than willing to advance. Peace talks with the ELN are ongoing, hosted by Ecuador. But what about the right-wing paramilitary groups? Do they get their own deal? Well, first of all, we don't uh, recognize paramilitary groups as such. They, they have demobilized themselves. There are some people who were with the paramilitaries who are now members of these what we call criminal bands. They are the ones that are interested in drug trafficking, legal mining, and extortion. For them, we don't have the door open for a political negotiation, but we do have the door open for a collective submission to our justice system. They can get benefits. In fact, the most important group called the Clan del Golfo has made uh, public their, their willingness to submit to justice if they receive some benefits that the law in those cases uh, gives to, to these type of criminals. And uh, if they are genuine in their effort, uh, we are interested in taking that step also. Enormous numbers of people have been displaced by conflict in Colombia. In the first half of 2017, there have been a further 56,000 new displacements caused by violence and conflict, as other armed groups fight for control of the territories the FARC used to occupy. It's a huge challenge. So what now for them? We are the first country to take into account the victims. I had a law approved in Congress back in the year 2012. The Secretary General came to the signature of this law to give the victims their rights, their rights to reparations, to their rights to justice, their rights to non-repetition. And uh, the fourth right is uh, the rights to the truth. Many times the victims, what they only want to know is the truth. And that was the basis for the, the agreement. It's the first time that a peace agreement with a, a group like FARC has the victims at the center of the solution of uh, this conflict. And it's an immense, it's a, it's a real big challenge because uh, we have too many victims. We have registered more than 8 million victims. Of course, uh, many of these reparations have to be symbolic. Of course, they all want material reparations, but that is virtually impossible. We hope that this transitional justice will give them the truth. We are doing everything in our hands to, to guarantee non-repetition. And... Uh, we have already repaired materially almost 600,000 victims. This is uh, more than any other country in the world, but the difference between 600,000 and 8 million is a lot. So we have tremendous work to do, and we need to find a way for the victims to be satisfied uh, that their rights have been taken into account, but at the same time being compatible with our resources and our capacity to prepare them. Something that's, that's quite fascinating from those of us from the outside is, despite the absence of peace, Colombia as a country has managed relative economic stability. How did you do that? 
what this shows is that Colombia has a, a tremendous potential to grow even more because we are, in a way, liberating vast areas of the country that simply were not integrated into our economic system. We managed to, to administer these areas that we controlled before uh, the war ended in a quite uh, efficient way. We apply the correct uh, policies, and so we are now champions in economic growth in Latin America, in the reduction of poverty, um, in infrastructure. We're making huge investment in infrastructure. And so what I wish is that now that the war is over and that we can divert more resources into the good things like education, for example, uh, during my government the last four years, I put education way above security and uh, defense budget. And it's been there for four years and the gap is increasing. And, and I feel very proud of that because I think that uh, education and uh, technology and uh, infrastructure, uh, health are really the necessities that we need to address more than continuing a war that uh, has been going on for too long. You still face the challenge of, of inequality. Clearly there are some people who haven't benefited from a, a constructive presence of the state. How, how do you reach the masses? How do you deal with the scale? Colombia is one of the most unequal countries in the world. When I arrived to the presidency, we were almost uh, at the level of Haiti. So I, among my priorities was exactly what you just mentioned, try to address the problem of poverty and extreme poverty. There, I had the tremendous luck of having had a professor, Amartya Sen, who has an institute in the University of Oxford called the Human Development Institute. And uh, I went to him and to his institute and said, I want to adopt your policies, not the traditional policies of how to fight poverty. It's called the multi-dimensional index. And so seven years ago, we put it in motion. And it, this has worked extremely well. We are the country in Latin America who has reduced poverty more and extreme poverty more than any other country. But because of the huge gaps between the rich and the poor, we still have a long way to go. For example, poverty was above 40%. Now it's below 27%. But 27% is too much. So we have to continue and persevere. We brought down extreme poverty by half, but we still have too many people in extreme poverty. So we need to continue on that path. And you mentioned something very important, regions that are very poor. There we made a very revolutionary constitutional reform, whereby we started to spread the product of the royalties among every region, and not only the regions that produced oil or minerals, that has helped a lot to address the inequality among regions, but we still have, because it's inequalities that have been accumulated by centuries, we still have tremendous differences that we have to address. We have the elections next year. How confident can we all be that the, the peace process will survive a, a change in leadership? We are doing everything for this to be irreversible, and I think it's already irre irreversible. Nobody in its right mind will come to, into power and say, let's go back and give the arms to the guerrilla to go back in the jungle, in the mountains, to, to keep on fighting. And nobody would accept that. The opposition against the peace process, I understand it, 
It's natural that many people don't like transitional justice. Some people would like to continue the war and kill every member of the guerrillas. I understand that, but that's not the way to solve a conflict. Uh, and uh, whoever is in power after next year, when I finish my term, will have to continue. Uh, they, they have no way, no alternative. And for you, what do you still want to achieve, both this side of the election and beyond? Well, I, I would like to finish what I can finish in terms of complying with the agreement with the FARC, but most importantly, try to finish the results in aspects which I think are the most important for our future. The fight against poverty, to continue improving, the improvement of the quality and access to our education, I made public education from kindergarten to the 11th grade completely free for everybody. And now I'm making a tremendous effort to give more access to higher education for especially the most vulnerable. We have a tremendous challenge in the next year in advancing this revolution we're doing in infrastructure. And very important, I will continue increasing the areas that we have to protect, to be protected forever. In terms of biodiversity, this is a big challenge that I have from now until the 7th of August of next year. That's it for this month's Global Development Podcast. If you want to hear more, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on our website, do leave us your comments. Or if you're listening on a podcast app, do please leave us a review. You can read more about conflict and development issues in Colombia at theguardian.com forward slash global hyphen development. I'm Lucy Lamble and the producer is Gabriella Jones. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.